It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for minute 85 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. 85! Woo woo! 85! That's quite the marker you have there. <laughs> I mean, most people do like 50 or 100, but 85 is yours. You know, whatever floats your boat. 85. You can't help crazy. Daft like Jack. One thing we've completely forgotten to do is give some props and credit to Ross Buggin. He's the one who composed the music we use in our intro and the outro. So it's a couple of great pirate pieces that are emblematic of the swashbuckler genre. And I just love them. And thanks to Ross, we are able to use them on our show and have that composition, if you will. We're a minute 85 and you're just thinking, Ross? I know. It's pretty sad, actually. That's why I wanted to do that. I just thought, you know, I don't think we've ever really mentioned it. That's the music that we're using on the front end and the back end of the show. So you can go ahead and find him on Twitter.com, Ross Budgen, if you want to go ahead and look him up. But yeah, doing some great composing music. Awesome. There we go. But at some point, I'd definitely like to get a custom Pirates of the Caribbean minute intro theme song going. Something that would get stuck in everybody's heads and you'd be at work singing about Pirates of the Caribbean in a minute. That's my my ultimate dream there. Let's do it. You and I. Ah! <laughs> We're not doing it. Oh. A, we can't write music. So what? We'd have to steal somebody's music or we just have to hum it, create our own humming tune, which would not be good. So instead of daydreaming about our theme song and how we're going to have to try and write music that we don't know how to write or hum the weird theme, I say we just get club hauling. What do you say? <laughs> That's club haul. In the previous minute, Will Turner sees the writing on the wall, or the ocean, or just a looming skull and crossbones and realizes that dumping the cannons was probably not the best course of action. They're going to need those guns for the upcoming 4th of July parade, actually. Oh, wow. The Black Pearl clearly demonstrates its agility on the water by closing the distance to the interceptor, even if its flag is flying in the wrong direction. It's not. But hey, no one can tell what an Aztec curse is going to do. It's the very definition of supernatural. We just can't blame the flags on that but back to what don't even know oh i know no but back on the real 18th century skeleton pirate world jack continues to hang out in the brig while gibbs on the interceptor tells us the pearl is gonna luff up on our dot 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 minute 85 begins with gibbs finishing his line port quarter she'll rake us without ever presenting a target elizabeth swan exclaims lower the anchor on the right side on the starboard side Will backs her suggestion with a, it has the element of surprise. The minute ends with Boson yelling Hector Barbosa's orders, hard to port. A sudden shift sends Captain Jack Sparrow off balance in the brig. The oars come in and the two ships are now parallel to each other, going at it broadside. We get some action right off the bat with this particular minute. Pirate Ma- action? Not, well, yeah, it is kind of pirate Arr! action, but it's maybe not the same action we're going to see on Friday, potentially. But it is a buildup of action nonetheless. We also get hit with quite a few nautical terms, which 
are really giving us the feel like we are right there watching things happen on board these ships here. And I think that's we are cool. there. We are there. That is true in our own minds. I don't know if you have anywhere to start, but I was going to start with Will and Elizabeth. You can start there. Sounds good. I wasn't sure if I had to ask you because you tried to hijack the, well, hijack or commandeer or mutiny. You were doing that. So I thought I'd ask the supposed captain and it looks like I'm still captain. So that's good. But I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring this up again. And it's not the whole captain bit and you taking over the ship thing here. But we get more Elizabeth and Will making strategy suggestions. Elizabeth actually suggests club hauling. And I'm pretty certain this is not something she has witnessed before. Norrington brought it up to her. Norrington brought up club hauling? Yeah. I don't want to get into our debate like we did before. But Will and Elizabeth are apparently the nautical experts on board here. I mean, seriously. Again, I will say Gibbs and Anna Maria, you guys need to step it up. (laughs) Step up to the plate here. Maybe this is why Gibbs was hanging out with pigs and Anna Maria lost her boat. Which, to be honest, was only the Jolly Mon. But still, something is wrong with this picture. Right? Yeah. What is going on with the strategy stuff here? I I don't know. I don't have any clue. Why are Will and... Elizabeth, Elizabeth is her name. Welcome <laughs> to Curse of the Black Pearl, Pirates of the Caribbean. For some reason, my brain's been going Will and Grace, and I don't know why. Oh my God, Will and Grace minute. <laughs> I don't know why it's been going there. But anyway, I don't remember. We're all waiting. Now <laughs> she lost her thought, because all, now she's only thinking of Will and Grace. <laughs> so it's so Will of- comes back to the apartment. Grace <laughs> is there. And that's about all I know. I don't remember the show. <laughs> you forgot about Jack. Was Jack a real character? on? See, I didn't yeah. even... You, you made me watch the show occasionally, so I didn't really pay attention. Jack was the one that went on okay. to that other TV show. I gotcha. Got it. Okay, so anyway, Will and Elizabeth are Why are doing they the all, experts? I have no clue. It's really weird. They're the ones suggesting we just stand and fight. Okay, I can see Will saying, yeah, let's just stand and fight like he did in the previous minute at some point. Elizabeth has now made her a second suggestion on strategy here. About lowering the anchor and doing this. This is not a, let's just sail, let's let's try and lighten the boat so the water line drops, so the boat lifts and they can sail over the shallows. This is an actual now nautical maneuver that's not just safe for the faint of heart to do. Right. This isn't something she's witnessed and she suggested. it. So, I mean, I can see that it's she's read daft. about this. <laughs> good, good word choice. But I can see that she's read about you this. You think? Where would you read about because that? Because this would be one of those maneuvers that you would read about like in a, a tale or something like from a merchant vessel that the, or Commodore Norrington is talking strategy. Like you said, maybe that's where she heard it from. But I just don't see a lot of people doing this. And from the stuff that I did see that maybe they do it to actually get out of tight situations, but they're not doing it kind of at full speed stuff. And I'll, I have more information on this. Of course but, you do. Yeah, that's right. I do. But seriously, though, Elizabeth is, and Will are now the go-to strategy people for sailing. There's a whole crew of grizzled Old grizzled guys out there. That have been doing it for years. Yeah. Yet these two and walk Gibbs. in I mean, and on, act Gibbs like is, they know everything Gibbs about sailing. A naval, a naval officer. How come he's not coming up with stuff? Or he's been a pirate. How come he's not saying, this is what we need to do? He was drinking that whole time. He didn't know what he was <laughs> That's doing. That's true. Maybe Gibbs needs to be drinking more right now than he'd remember. But Anna Maria, at least, you know, she wanted the ship. I thought she was kind of pirate-like. Now I'm starting to wonder. She can only man the Jolly Mon. 
woman the Jolly Mon, by the way. She can only woman the Jolly Mon. Okay, politically correctness. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. I don't want to get back into this again. She had to have... I mean, I was going to let one slide, but now we have the second one slide. Anna Maria, step up. You're a strong woman, almost to be captain. Step it up here. Give us some suggestions. Will. Not Will. Gibbs, provide your pirate insight, man. Let's get this rolling. But no, it's Will and Elizabeth, which is just strange. It's just kind of boggling my mind. Yep. Not that I don't see the point or the movie, though. So You don't I'm see the movie? It, not, I said when I'm seeing the point of the movie that they're having their hero and their heroine. Right. Be but the heroes still. and the heroines. But you can have some of the supporting people yeah. provide that advice. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, hey, this is a good plan. Or again, like I said yesterday or whatever day it was, that she could back it up. Like, hey, I read this thing in a book. And this is what, do you think it would work? And at least try and provide some context. But not like she's an expert sailing person. Like she's done it a million times before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So... I'm not, yeah, I don't want to get into where we're criticizing. I'm just saying that this is just an odd thing that I see here. And, and, you know, I've never questioned this before when I've watched the movie. Never, ever. It's only until the minute breakdown when I really started looking at it and analyzing what was going on there that I thought, boy, that's a little strange. It should have come from Gibbs or Anna Maria at that stage. On top of it, she even told Anna Maria to let go of the wheel. That's yeah, that was interesting because then it's like Anna Maria is the novice and she's training. It's almost like Elizabeth is training her how to do this maneuver. Yeah. To the point of you got to let go well, of the wheel, at, at least at this stage, because they all knew what she was talking about when she mentioned it. So it's not like they haven't heard this before or they knew what was going to happen. But, but she it, knew that she had to like a- Anna Maria is now like taking orders from her. Like, OK, tell me when I should release the wheel. It's like she was just taken from. The kitchen, an 18th century woman, and then put steering the ship. Okay, send all your hate mail to Heather. But I was trying to come up with a reference for 18th century women. Come on, they were in the kitchen for crying out loud. 18th century woman, 1700s. Get over it. So she comes out of the kitchen. (laughs) Making matters worse. Put your hands on the wheel. Do what I say when you do it. And then she does it. It's like She should have known. She could feel the wheel. She should have known that that thing's going to lock. Man, this thing's going to turn. You're going to have to let go of the wheel. You're going to break your arms off or something. Well, she has obviously never done this before. She's only heard about it vaguely, I would assume. Right, Anna Maria? Yeah, as Elizabeth, I'm sure. She probably just, like, like I said, well, read Elizabeth's, about it Well, uh, Elizabeth's acting like she's done it a million times. We're talking about Anna Maria. She's never done it before, so she probably didn't know what to do. Should she keep the wheel? You know what I mean? Yeah, but you got to... You can't, you have to let go of the wheel. If you're going to hold that rudder, man, that's going to be brutal. Right. So she just, she she's, she's a captain though, or she's at least had sailing experience. She could feel the that jolly that's mom? what's going to happen. Doesn't matter. Even the tiny jolly mon could baby club haul it. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's something interesting going on there. I, I get it. Like I said, that they're the heroes and the heroines and... But they're not sailors. That's it. They're not sailors. So they shouldn't... Because... They may imagine, know this stuff, but they... Well, Elizabeth has more sailing knowledge than Will, apparently, because he's not really suggesting the strategy on that. He's His is more like, let's stand and fight. We're not going to outrun this ship. Well, but, I think the only time Will's ever been on the ship is when he was on that merchant ship. Well, that's what I'm saying is because even Jack was giving him kind of lessons 
right. when they were taking the interceptor yeah. and when they were on it and he was showing them kind of the ropes. Now all of a sudden, I mean, maybe Jack is that good that just that short time, those few days that he was sailing with him on the interceptor, that he gained all this knowledge from Jack. He absorbed it osmosis style and is now channeling Jack to be able to be an awesome captain. Maybe the same goes for Elizabeth and Barbosa. That's true. Maybe it just seeped Maybe right into her. Maybe taught her everything she knows. Exactly. Maybe that's what was in the apple. Yes. She ate she the apple. Eat it. it was the apple's the fruit of knowledge. Boom. She ate the fruit. <laughs> now she knows what she to didn't do. She eat it. I just said she ate the fruit. Well. That's the fruit of knowledge I right there. I guess she ate the fruit. I don't know. I can't explain it other than she heard about it and read about it. But that's a ballsy move to pull off if you just read about that. Right? We can do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. No wonder then, as we're talking about this, Gibbs says, you're daft like Jack. I mean, we get more transformation to pirate where Gibbs likens Will and Elizabeth to Jack here. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's like he must be rubbing off on them and maybe just a bit crazy. And this is the whole key to winning and coming out on top like Jack always manages to do is that you have to have that hint of crazy and be willing to take risks. Yep. So there we go. Maybe that's it. You're daft like Jack. Oh, you read about this in a book and you're going to go try it? Maybe that's the whole point of that. Maybe. So that's possible. Maybe that's the transition. Or maybe that's the link, I should say. That's the link. Elizabeth read about it, kind of the book smarts, or maybe overheard Norrington talking about it. And she is like, what's this club hauling you're talking about? And that's what happened. So I'm just going to chalk it up to being daft like Jack. They're channeling Jack. And she heard about this maybe from Norrington or read about it in the book. And then just decide to pull off this crazy, ballsy maneuver, like I said. And Will is all for it now. She knows what she's doing, he thinks. That's, I guess. Well, apparently she does, compared to Gibbs and Anna Maria. (laughs) They didn't come up with anything. They weren't even going to try anything. And I'm still not sold that she didn't even try to go to those shallows or those shoals. I think she just held course. Because I don't think anybody told... Somebody had to to tell Anna Maria, no, you got to turn towards those. She did. I don't know. Go back. I'm not going back. I'm just saying. I'm in an honorary mood She turned... I know. She turned toward him. Okay, she turned toward him. Let's get on to the sides of the ship. Both Gibbs and Elizabeth throw out a couple of common nautical terms regarding the sides of the ship here. Gibbs says port and Elizabeth says starboard. So, of course... I had to do a brief search on the terms, and instead of finding something inherently boring, I did uncover a few tidbits I thought were interesting and did uncover an error. Well, maybe, no, maybe an error. I don't know if we want to get into another error thing. Seems like we're really calling out some errors lately, and I don't know if I'm happy about that. But we all know port and starboard are kind of the nautical terms for right and left, but I did decide to kind of check on them just to see what was going on with them. And that's why I said I found some interesting things. So the term starboard, the nautical term for the right-hand half of the ship. Starboard or starboard? Starboard. Comes from Old English, stairboard. And is a combination of stair, and meaning steer, and board, meaning obviously board. On old ships, the rudder or steering paddle would be on the right side of the ship, hence the term starboard. The counterpart to starboard is not actually port. Like you would think like the left side, at least originally. But it was larboard, which derives from lad and board, the former meaning to lead. So the left side of the ship would be led by the right where the rudder was. So it would be called larboard. And then other sources derive it from laden, meaning to load. And the left-hand side being the side that you'd put to dock for loading cargo. So there's potentially two sources, and currently it's undetermined which one is actually correct. 
but starboard and larboard. And as you can probably guess, that since there's a similarity in sound of the two names, it created a problem on ships and a great number of communication issues. Yeah. Because you can imagine that if you're yelling this in a noisy environment, nobody's going to go hear. to the larboard. What? Did you say starboard? Yeah. Larboard. Start. You know, it just creates a whole yeah. Abbott and Costello routine. So they needed a new word. So that's when port came up? That's right. Then port for the left-hand side of a ship actually came in. And it, the word actually port dates to 16th century, but it wasn't until the 1840s that both the Royal and the U.S. Navies officially abandoned the term larboard in favor of port. Huh. So it actually went for quite a while. I'm surprised. Yeah. Because it would be hard to understand which were, which side you want. Yeah, especially if you're yelling or the yeah. wind and all that. So why port was used? Because that's the side that would hit the port of the... Yeah, that's right. Boy, congratulations. You uh-huh. were paying attention. So the idea is that it's not known for certain, but most sources believe it was because the left-hand side of the ship was the side typically put next to the wharf or the port. Yeah. Especially if your rudder was on the right or the starboard side... Then you'd want to go ahead and lefty it up. So although the term port would be used for direction, you know, dating back to the 16th century, referring to the side of a ship would probably have been larboard at the time. But then again, we know our characters have been ahead of their time throughout this whole movie. Anyways, so... So they created port. They started calling it port. Port side. Starboard side. But I think the best thing to get to is what we've been talking about most of the time already. And that's club hauling. (laughs) I just like the term. It's probably my favorite nautical term so far this week. I just want to say club hauling. It just sounds <laughs> awesome. Is it just me? I don't yeah. know. Club hauling. I also love the special effect with it. I think they did a really good job in the movie with it. The combination of the ship and the dragging anchor. Yeah. And then Barbosa and, of course, Monkey Captain. Realizing what's about to happen all kind of comes together in this yeah. great maritime action. So you see the anchor dragging and then the ship just really turns and cracks and breaks off a small piece and thought it was pretty awesome. It was. Remember that time when we club hauled? That was awesome. <laughs> oh, that was so stupid. Why did not? Okay, we're not doing any SNL <laughs> So I'm not sure I need to define it since we actually do see it in action. Please. And it's pretty self-explanatory. But it is a risky maneuver whereby sailboats tack and then, turn, say, turn sharply into wind by dropping one of the front anchors and the intent being to snag the anchor on the seabed and then use the ship's momentum to swing it around faster than it could otherwise be accomplished. It's essentially like a nautical handbrake turn, if you will. So do they, then I assume they use this when racing. Do they cut their anchor? Racing? Sailboat races? Why would they? <laughs> they're not doing this. This is the 18th century. For no, I not this. They're not doing it for racing. They're... Actually, a lot of times they would do it if they were in, say, narrow channels and they couldn't make a full turn. So it would just be a way that they could actually get out of things because they could go at a fairly slow speed, but then drop the anchor, pull it, and then it would swivel it around and be able to do that, whereas opposed to trying to have a full turn. Okay. So do they cut their anchor then? Well, I don't know. Oh. Maybe we'll get there. Would you pull it back up? Yeah. Oh, Okay. It's also known as a kedge, and kedge is a technique for moving or turning a ship by using a relatively light anchor, known as a kedge. A kedge. Just told you that. (laughs) The kedge anchor may be dropped while in motion to create a pivot and thus perform a sharp turn, and the kedge anchor may also be carried away from the ship in a smaller boat, dropped, and then weighed, pulling the ship forward. So that's what happens with that. As far as cutting the anchor, I don't know, 
but I was still uncertain with some of that stuff. So I had to check in on some conversations with experts regarding this maneuver. And there is a bit of skepticism, not surprising with the use of it here in this context. But when you talk to like historians and experts, yeah. of course, they're going to throw some skepticism on stuff in the oh, movies. Yeah. So that's what I expected to get. So Davum Lincoln, a British naval and maritime historian, said the speed at which the interceptor is sailing, performing a club haul would probably wreck the ship. At the very least, you'd end up with a giant gaping hole in the side. He very much doubts the ship would actually be able to spin enough to present a broadside to the enemy before the anchor chains and things they were connected to actually broke or came free. Furthermore, under full sail, suddenly moving broadside against the swell without setting the canvas properly would probably swamp the boat. Huh. So you'd end up with a ton of water on board. Right. If you were doing it like that. So Lincoln also said that the Interceptor is much lighter and it should be speedier. So this is obviously, like I said, a maritime expert just looking at the ships. Right. Not taking into account the supernatural, the sweeps, and just the legend about it. So I'm just letting you know what he said. Is that the Interceptor should be speedier than the Pearl and thus would turn tighter than the Pearl. So even if Barbosa tries to match the movement to keep Will in front of him... There will be times during the chase that the Interceptor will be able to fire at the Pearl in relative safety. Eventually, the Interceptor would be able to slow and bring the Pearl to combat broadside to broadside, which is what Will wanted to do. Right. So there you have it from a maritime expert that said probably a giant gaping hole at that speed that they were doing that. And maybe they'd wash poor Marty overboard. (laughs) That's basically (laughs) the gist of that. So that's club hauling for you. Whether it's realistic or not, I thought it was awesome here. I liked it. Yeah, we know that you have to go in with a little bit of unbelievability or unbelievability. Again? Yeah, I lost the problem? word. I've lost the you word. You had again. this problem the other night. I did. So whatever word that is that you go in with a little healthy dose of, I'm going to forgive that because it's a good story, then there we go. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked the effect. I thought yeah. it was good. Yeah, you know that that, I mean, they do so, show some damage, but I think that there'd probably be a little bit more than that. That Inca grabs that reef, man. That thing whips around. Yeah. 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 You know what would happen. Everybody overboard. <laughs> Everybody's overboard. The Motley crew would be like, thank God we got rid of Elizabeth. She has pirates chasing us and everything. <laughs> and the fact that that lady didn't tell us they were skeleton immortal yeah. pirates. And she's gonna... So they're all angry at her anyways. couple of things I also wanted to throw out before we wrap things up here. Just some quick bits, if you will. Some quick little facts that I found. And I don't know if you have anything that you want to talk about since I've been driving the show here. No, you're good. I'm good? Yeah. Okay. Here's the first one. So these are kind of like the quick facts, if you will, or the quick talking points. The open flame candles, along with the medallions, slide off the table when the ship does yeah. Yeah, club hauling. Yeah. So I just, A, wanted to say club hauling again. <laughs> B, you Elizabeth, wanted- this is why you don't have... Freaking open flames on ships. If you are club hauling, you just may start a fire. <laughs> you don't do that, right? Right. Club hauling and open flames, they do not, not go good. together. No. Elizabeth should know this. Yes. She's reading books. She obviously can do club hauling, but she doesn't know the simple thing of just keep your candles contained. Yeah. Especially if you're deciding to go a top side, uh, blow the candles out. But that wasn't Elizabeth, that was Will. Okay, Will, you're going topside. Blow the candles out. Yeah, that's right, because she left and she he left was in there him. alone. Damn that, Will. He tried to burn down the ship. He got mad at her. Or that's what he did. So she thought. He was so angry at Elizabeth and the medallion that he tried to 
take her with burn him. down the to burn to the ground burn to the water oh deja vu yeah yeah burn to the water burn to so. the sea floor there we go the other thing that i wanted to mention is right kind of on that same thing and i already mentioned it to a point is will left the freaking medallion below deck <laughs> i understand no one wants the thing around their neck now nobody wants this thing he just got the medallion back he it was, was pissed all, off about this. Yeah, That whole, I mean, I get it. It's his father's thing and he was angry and he doesn't want the pirate. So maybe it's because the pirate blood flows through him and this is a pirate medallion and it's been confirmed. He's all ticked off at it. But he just got it back after all these years. Just strap the thing around the neck. I, I understand, Will, you think the chain's broken, but it does magically heal itself. <laughs> and you can't put it around your neck or at least put it in your pocket. It will come back to life. Trust me. <laughs> For someone else to rip it yeah, off. Yeah, the chain is healed. Just put it on, man. So that was the other thing. I mean, I understand he's probably heard the story now and he's like, well, I don't want anything to do with that whole blood repaid thing. I mean, it's okay that Elizabeth, oh, I'm so sorry that it happened to Elizabeth. But when it comes <laughs> down to him, he's like, you know, I don't really want to wear that. I don't want to be cut. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave that right there. But at least protect the gold for crying out loud. There's a motley crew of pirates on board. You just met these guys. They look like honest guys. I'm not saying Cotton's not an honest guy. But can we really trust a pirate? They're just leaving this gold hanging around. That was the one thought. Plus he's got to use it for leverage. Leverage, he says. That's right. Gibbs calls the Motley crew on my other thing, gobs. Did you catch that? And so although the word has quite a few definition and dates back to the 1300s, the one that did seem to fit was referring to a sailor. So actually it is, that is kind of the term. However, this is actually slang, especially for a seaman in the U.S. Navy, and popped up in the early 1900s. So another invented word. It's possibly, yeah, that they started that. But there is, like I did say that this word has been in use since the early 1300s or mid-1300s, but it wasn't for that. It has a number of definitions. And the other one that I could potentially link to this, what he's saying, kind of from the context of what he's kind of just, it's almost like an insult to a point. Yeah. You can take it as an insult, is that he could be calling them lumps. Just kind of lumps and masses. So maybe it does fit with the time period, yeah. depending on what his usage is. Or is he calling them lumps of just no good sea guys? Or is he actually kind of referring to them in a slang way for sailors? No, he's calling them lumps. Okay, then lumps it is. Because it's a, a threat. Well, it is. So Do I just it or sure. you're going to be going in the cannon. So that's correct. So maybe yeah. he's just calling them lumps of flesh, basically, is what yeah. it is. You guys are just worthless lumps if you don't get going. Yeah. So that's what I got. Those are my observations. That is my, those are all my observations, all my honoriness that came out. And then we're going to get back to some actual pirate action. And I will hopefully do the Boy Scout swear that I will uh, just be nice to the film for the next minute on a Friday. Were you ever even a Boy Scout? No. no. I didn't think so. I think I was a Cub Scout for a little bit, but that was about it. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess my Boy Scout swear means Jack Pirate. I call pirate. (laughs) I claim pirate. So that's all I have. And like I said, I'm going to try and be a little bit nicer, but I did. I was a little bit ornery this week so far with things. I think Elizabeth set me off just with the strategy stuff. You're just annoyed with the whole situation? No, I think I'm disappointed in Gibbs. He was my hero, my pirate man. And he's let me down. He broke my heart. I thought Gibbs knows all. He's sleeping with pigs. This guy's got it down. He knows what's going on. Well, and then he didn't do the strategy. He just ran out of rum. That's possible. So I think it's just, he's just not on his game. 
he needs the rum to really get going. Yeah. He needs to start sipping on some of that. Get this guy but some Marty rum. But Marty threw his flask in the cannon. So he's without his rum. So that's why he's now stalling, or at yeah. least his brain's in kind of a pause mode. Yeah. He just, you know, he's got to have his rum to be able well, to function. Some people properly. need coffee to function in the morning. Yeah. And others need their rum. rum. So there we go. Okay, I guess now it's all explained. I got it now. Exactly. Okay, let's just end on a rum note. And that'll make Heather pretty excited. Yes. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 86 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Daft like Jack. Heather! Heather! Pliny, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep. Mother's love. What are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy. I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. You just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats.